All right, we're beginning our our third paragraph of our church covenant this morning. And it says we also engage to maintain family and secret devotions to religiously educate our children to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment, to avoid all tattling and back or to avoid all tattling, backbiting and excessive anger to abstain from the sale of and use of intoxicating drinks as a beverage, to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. And so we're going to be looking at this paragraph, and we're going to look at here Lesson 10, We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions to religiously educate our children. That's lesson 10. So I would like you to turn to Proverbs chapter 22, well-known passage of scripture, Proverbs chapter 22. Verse 6. These are, might be, if we were to give these a heading, we would say that these are duties in personal Christian living. Duties in personal Christian living. And these are uh, the duties of everyone. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We've probably, probably everybody in this room has heard that verse before. Probably seen it on uh, lots of different things, decor, little plaques. Probably been quoted to you if you grew up in a Christian home. Probably heard it in Sunday school. Maybe even got told to you before you got whooped. There's a homeschool curriculum using that uh, that name to train up a child, different things of that nature. And children have to be trained up, don't they? And these are our duties. 
And it's this is true of spiritual children as well as physical children. And we find here that it's amazing that some folks spend more time in devotion to their own animals and, and training their animals than they will their own children. And the things of God. We want to look, first of all, as it says here, we also engage to maintain family and secret devotions. The secret devotion deals with your own personal devotion. And the family deals with you and your family. And the word devotion has to do with being set apart or separate from other things. Just like we noted the word Sunday, sanctification, sanctified, set apart. Brother Crowder dealt with something specific. I think he's going to continue with it this Lord's Day about not being equally yoked. And you have here that this is to be devoted or devout. So it's we're, we've engaged to maintain a, a, a time devoted or set apart unto the Lord. A time in which we will be engaged in, in a personal worship unto Him. A time in which we will have family worship unto Him. And you'll find this throughout the Scriptures. Notice if you would, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, the Lord Jesus taught this. Matthew chapter 6. And notice here, beginning at verse 5. Jesus says in Matthew 6 and verse 5, He says, And when thou prayest, Matthew 6 verse 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So there's supposed to be some secret devotion, secret time of prayer that is not open with everyone else, isn't there? If you look over in the Bible in uh, 1 Samuel, Old Testament, 1 Samuel,
find a woman by the name of Hannah. And Hannah, she had a time of secret devotion as well. And the Bible tells us in verse 10 of chapter 1, 1 Samuel 1, verse 10, And she prayed, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart only, her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Now, I'm not going to keep reading, but I want you to see here that that one, I doubt that was the first time she cried unto the Lord. But she, there she was, as she was crying out unto the Lord for a child, for God to give her a child, wasn't she? And here she was. And so, here she is, she's having a, a time of devotion before the Lord. But I want you to see here that these are are these activities or rather our activities show our esteem for the Lord don't they and there's more distractions today than ever before Now, I know a lot of folks will say, well, I've, I listen to this sermon and I listen to that sermon and I've heard this sermon and you can listen to a lot of sermons and that's, that's okay. But it's good to have a prayer life too. Amen. It's good to read your Bible too. Someone once asked me, they said, well, how, how ought we to have family devotions? How ought we to, to have a, a, a time of family worship? Or some people call it family altar. And some people say, well, that's not biblical. Whatever you want to call it. More concerned with the doing of it than I am with the calling of it. Well, what are the elements of worship in the house of God? Well, would you not say that we sing? And what do we sing? Well, we sing hymns. And we, what else do we sing? Well, sometimes we sing the Sunday school choruses, and sometimes we sing the Word of God, which would be psalms. 
Okay, so we sing. What else do we do? Do we not pray? And are there not different things that we pray? Are there not sometimes that we have thanksgivings? Is that not part of our our prayers? Are there not some times where we have to supplicate? Are there not some times where we have petitions? Where we ask God for things? Are there not some times where we have lamentations before God? Where we lament? Where we're crying out unto Him? Where we're begging God for for mercy? How about, are there not times when we're interceding on the behalf of others? Sometimes we're interceding for lost loved ones, which will be our next lesson where we're seeking the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances. But are we not, are we not interceding for lost loved ones? How about, are we not interceding for others in this very room? Are we not interceding for our pastor? For the messages? For spiritual power from on high? That God would give him the words of wisdom and Holy Spirit leadership to lead the church and grace and boldness to do it and then uh, to direct us in the way to go? So there's lots of intercedings that need to be made. So that's what we do here. And then there's also the reading and expounding of the scriptures, right? So what kind of family worship should we have at home? If those are the elements of the worship here, what should the elements of our worship at home be? Well, the same thing. Singing, praying, reading of the Word. And if you live alone, then nobody's going to complain about you being off-key, are they? And if it's your husband and wife, you're not in church. Your wife can pray audibly, out loud, with you. Because the Bible doesn't say that at home she's supposed to remain silent. It, she's supposed to remain silent in the church. Amen. She can even read scriptures with you. You can take turns reading scriptures.
You can sit down in the living room, the dining room table. You can read them separately and come together and say, well, here's what I read. Here's what I thought. Here's some thoughts the Lord gave to me. And some of you who are widows, you could call each other up and say, I was reading this and here's some thoughts the Lord gave me. The concept of, well, I just don't have time, is one of the biggest lies we've ever told. Well, I just don't have time. We do everything we want to do. We make time for everything we want to do. We always have. We always have. If our devotions are failures, we have no idea what sorrow and wreckage will come in the future. One father asked his daughters and sons, they had grown up, and they had gone off to college and they had come home. Some were married, some were not yet. Some had had kids. The ones that were married had had kids and they had come home. and They had had, begun to have a conversation about some things and he had asked them, all of them, they had remain faithful to the Lord. And he had asked the kids, he says, what what aided you the most in your Christian walk through all of the things that you had done? And he expected not to hear what he heard. I mean, they had been to Bible camps in the summer. They had been to, you know, Sunday schools. They had been to, to, to... church all the time, every activity, everything that the church had ever done, whatever. Conferences, all these things. They had homeschooled them back in the 70s and 80s. You know what they told them? It was the family worship. It was the family worship that had done it. And you know what Satan seeks to destroy what he went after before everything? Do you know what the building block of society is? Do you know what the building block of this church is? It's the home. 
And even now, I know a lot of you, your your home doesn't have kids in it. There, there's, there's a couple, a few of us that do, but some of you don't. He's still after your homes. He's still after our homes. And even though you don't have kids, you still need to maintain family worship. Our devotions need to have reverence for the Lord. And they should mean something more than everything else that happens in our homes. And as one individual said, the habits we set in the home many times are reflected in the church. If there's a habit of reading the Word of God, of studying the Word, of respect for the Word, If the kids see the parents praying, if the kids see the parents attending church no matter what, if the kids see uh, 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 the parents putting the Lord first, I mean, Brother Bourne and I were talking about this the other day. There were conferences that took place, used to take place, and parents pulled their kids out of school and went to the Bible conferences. We used to have Bible conference when I was in Kansas and, and I couldn't get the parents even to take off a half a day of work to help out. Get things ready. I mean, it was fine if I took off of work. I couldn't get them to take off a half a day. There used to be a, a meeting in Warren, Michigan. It was a Thanksgiving meeting. 500 people. 500 people. They had to eat in shifts. Three shifts. And, and there, there was no catering. Everything's homemade. They ate in three shifts, never ran out of food. Nobody ever got hungry. Nobody ever starved. Nobody ever said, well, we're out of food. Sorry, folks. They ate three shifts. They had a balcony in the church house, and it would be full, and the floor would be full. And you know what? It'd be on Thanksgiving Day. And it would be full. Nowadays, you mention something about having, hey, would y'all like to have Thanksgiving? She says, well, we'll be with the family. I don't know. We'll bring her to church. Well, the ball game's on. 
It's the Cowboys and the Lions. Who cares? But our devotions ought to be maintained on a family level. Cornelius, when God, remember what he did? When God told him to send for Peter, what did he do? Did he just get himself ready? He got his whole family ready. And he had been having meetings together with them. Already. How about the Philippian jailer? What'd he do? He got his whole family ready, didn't he, to come have Paul and Silas preach to him? Seeker devotions ought to be had. Remember Job? He said, You know what? In case my kids are doing something they ought not to, what was he doing? Offering sacrifices, praying to God. Where was his wife at? Not there with him. Not at that time she wouldn't. When the spirituality becomes low in churches, many times it's because family devotion and secret devotions are neglected. When spirituality is high or when revival transpires, it's because family and secret devotions are transpiring. And family worship always brings about greater unity, not just in the family, but in the church. I'd like you to notice, secondly, that the children need to be religiously educated. The parents... And sadly, many have not been trained themselves. It's amazing how religiously ignorant some folks are. It is, isn't it? But... uh, In order to educate one, you have to have some education yourself. Look over in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Somebody once said, well, what should I teach them? Well, teach them what you know. Say, well, I don't know much. Well, then don't teach them a whole lot. Teach them what you know. Well, if you're saved, you know know about salvation. You can teach them about salvation, can't you? 
like the, the man who was once blind. He said, well, one thing I know, whereas I was blind, but now I can see. You can teach him that. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. I want you to notice there, he said, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And so this was his instruction. He said, you're to teach them. Well, where'd they learn them from? From the Lord. The word educate means to improve, develop by study or by example. Improve or develop by study or by example. I remember my grandfather on one of his tapes Whenever his, his kids would do something, he'd ask him, he'd say, Now, did you see me do that? And they'd say, Well, no. Because if they saw him do it, well, then it was on him, wasn't it? See, there's a lot of folks that'll say, well, you do as I say, not as I do. See, we got to teach them by word as well as by deed. There's a lot of things. How about about where did where did Abel learn how to sacrifice? Well, he learned from Adam, didn't he? How about when Abraham was going up Mount Moriah and Isaac asked him, he says, well, we got fire and we got wood, but where's the offering? And Abraham says, oh, God will provide one. Abraham's, or Isaac's 33 years old, I'm told. But he knew there was to be an offering, didn't he? Where'd he learn that from? From his dad. Children learn through what they read, see, and hear. They're going to, and, and the parent, no matter what anybody tells you, you are the number one influencer in their life 
except for the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only one who will overcome your influence. It's the Holy Spirit. And God gave you those kids. He didn't give them to anybody else. He gave them to you. If he wanted them kids to be with somebody else, he'd have gave them to somebody else. But he gave them to you. Look over, if you would, in Ezekiel chapter 16. Here's a tremendous verse. Ezekiel chapter 16. And this shows the uh, tremendousness of influence. It shows us here in Ezekiel 16 and verse 44. It says, Behold, everyone that useth Proverbs shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is her daughter. And there's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? A lot of truth in that. The environment and teaching of a home have tremendous influence in the molding of children's lives. You think one hour in Sunday school coloring a picture of Noah's Ark is all the religious education they're going to need against this world? Certainly not. Absolutely not. And that certainly isn't what the Bible teaches. The Bible tells us there has to be a study of the Word of God. The Bible tells us that not only must there be a study of the Word of God, there has to be an example set before them as well. Wasn't that what was said of Timothy? That his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice, didn't they teach him the scriptures so that he was wise unto salvation? From a child, he knew the scriptures. You know, today a lot of people, they'll tell them, they'll say, well, you know, you need to go to college and, and you get an education. And you get an education and then you'll be set for life. Well, that's not so anymore, is it? Well, here's it. If you go to Christ, you'll be set for all eternity. Why don't we tell them the truth? Oh, you need to get a, a job with the retirement, insurance, and, and this. You need to be saved. Because one day you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. 
You need to have the Lord who clothed the lilies in the field and arrayed them even greater than Solomon as your Savior. You need to have Him who took the shoes and the clothing upon Israel and made it last for 40 years in the desert. And supplied them with everything they needed. You need to religiously educate your children and grandchildren. And how he's taking care of you to this very day. And supplied you with everything you've ever needed. Not your unions. Not your job, but God Himself. That's who did it. Not your bootstraps, not yourself pulling you up by your bootstraps, but Christ. The most important and essential thing is that we would teach them to have confidence in God and in the breathed Word of God, in the God-breathed Word of God. And if we do that, our regrets will be few. These are tempestuous days, Perilous times. It is a day when the Bible calls for men, as the scripture says, to quit you like men. When society has uh, demonized biblical men, And God is calling for men to stand in the gap. And you and I have made a covenant with one another. That this is what we would do in our homes. That these are the kind of homes that we would have. That this is what we would do in our personal Christian lives. And we ought to hold one another accountable. And it's very difficult. These things aren't easy. There's a lot of distractions. And so may we seek the Lord for grace. May we petition Him for help in this very hour to do these things. I believe that if we'll do them, you know, we complain sometimes, or not necessarily complain, but our desire is to see the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, I think these two things go hand in hand. You want to see the salvation of your children, grandchildren? I want to see the salvation of my children, 
let's start religiously educating them outside these four walls. We'd like to see the Lord save, add to the work. The Bible says, redeem the time, for the days are evil. Well, this is one way we can redeem the time. Maintaining secret and family devotions. I pray the Lord will bless His Word. Let's stand.